0: I want to fly 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 away Fly 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 away Fly 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 away Fly
1: fly fly away I want to fly away Fly I fly, fly, fly away Modern rock for Cincinnati and Dayton and 7 Mile were 97X with Lou Reed and Durley Boulevard Presidents of the United States before that, and we all got it started with drama-rama. Speaking of drama, tonight at 6.30, it's the People's Choice Countdown, and we're all all waiting to find out if she don't use jelly from the flaming lips will stay atop the PPC. It's all brought to you by Cinnamon's Rock City. You still have time to get your votes in here at 97X, Dave. the future of rock and roll, Dave. for People's Choice Countdown. Dave. Yes. No,
0: yeah? I'm, I'm sorry. There, there are the people... Still, would love yeah. to choose the People's Choice Countdown. Unfortunately, the yeah. radio station is gone. Ninety-seven X is no more.
1: How about sentiments, Rock City? Is it still there?
0: Uh, doubtful. Doubtful. No. But I haven't been on Short Vine in a while. Um, well, but the good I think news it was is torn down. Actually. Oh, okay. Okay. With yeah.
1: the uh, Sudsies. <laughs>
0: but. We are reliving those days, and and you do it better than anybody else uh, from 97X. And uh, we have a little podcast that we do, and we post episodes on 97XBAM.com. You can email us at 97XWOXY at gmail.com. And you always seem to conjure up another special guest. And today, we have Carrie joining us. Carrie, welcome to 97X Rumblings from the Big Bush.
2: Thank you. I'm so happy to be behind the big bush.
1: <laughs> now, my question, first one to start, was the big bush there when you were at uh, 97X? Oh yes. Now, uh,
0: what what years were you at 97X? We we talked a little bit before we went live, Carrie. And I was we never there
2: met. from uh, hell 1998 till 2003.
0: So you got out before the terrestrial sign off, correct? Yes. Okay. But that's a that's a pretty good run there. And where did you come from? How did you encounter ninety seven X? How did you wind up working there?
2: Um, well, before me, the production or the PD was Kevin Cole. Yes. Who is now at I believe it's K E X P. That's correct. And um, he I was working at Righteous Babe, Ani DeFranco's level label. And he, and I wasn't very good at selling. And he said, no, you need, here, we've got this opening. Here, I'll recommend you. And so it was funny because uh, some friends of mine all in the radio industry also applied for the job. So I went down and I talked to Doug and Linda and they said, do you want to come on? And I said, yeah. And so I moved from Buffalo to Cincinnati. Wow. Or and, to expert, actually, in
0: yeah. particular. And how did you know Kevin Cole?
2: Because, um, I don't know how the hell I knew Kevin Cole. <laughs> um, oh, it was because um, I had worked at a previous alternative station, and I really admired what he was doing, and so we just kind of struck up a, it wasn't necessarily a relationship, but it was kind of like a, you know, we knew each other.
0: Okay. And, and, and the- at
2: that point, actually, I was working at um slash uh, Network, and so I was calling on him um, to, you know, to promote, like, fun things like the Bare Naked Ladies and Sarah McLachlan and some 31 and so he said you know you should just apply for this job and i said okay
1: now did you have any sort of radio or was it just a record background
2: uh, i've been in radio since i was 14 uh i ran my high school radio station and i was on a few um AM stations where I did fascinating things like the news and the weather. And then I was on a few Detroit radio stations where I did the same thing. I was a morning host in Lansing. I was promotions in Lansing at an alternative station. And then I moved to Buffalo and I was on the air there and I did promotions. And that's when I was working for Ani DeFranco and uh, so uh, this this was most of my life.
0: Yeah, and are you still in the biz,
2: dude? You got to make a living. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer.
0: <laughs> so, uh, you, did you? Are you a Michigan native? Then, if you, it sounds like you said Detroit and mm-hmm. Lansing, so you started out when you were fourteen in high school. You were a high school in. Michigan
2: high school was in Monroe, and then um, I did. I went to um, university in East Lansing at Michigan State, and then from there I moved to Buffalo, and then from there was Oxford slash Cincinnati, and then I came back home.
0: So. So you and Doug Baylong had an instant connection with your with your Sparty, right, from Michigan State?
2: Between the green and white and the dogs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and but Carrie Because
2: like, I gotta tell you a funny story. So when I started at, at um Waxy, I had a yellow lab, Gracie. And Doug allowed me to bring her into work every day. And Gracie just loved it because, you know, she just loved the people, whatever. She hated the UPS man.
1: And- the new music.
2: But it was funny because, you know, there's like the the intercom thing. And all I had to do was push the button and be like, Gracie, office. And she'd come back to my office because she'd usually just roam around and, and visit everybody. But she also had a penchant for eating my paychecks. And so I'd have to go to Linda and say, uh, I, you know, this is going to sound really trite, but the dog actually ate my paycheck. And, you know, here's here's the proof. And, uh, you know, Linda's kind and she issued me a new one, but she thought I felt like a third grader. Oh, the dog ate my homework. <laughs> and it was the dog ate my paycheck, but she really did. But she just, she would lie on the couch in the lobby, and apart from Josh, she was the second greeter. She just, she loved everybody, and, and when it was lunchtime, she was all around, you know, like if Brian J. had Taco Bell, she knew on the spot, and she would fly there.
0: <laughs> the pooch was a mooch.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. She ended up playing um, frisbee with uh, Matthew Sweep outside in the
0: lawn oh wow that's pretty cool that's very cool and you know if your dog is eating a paycheck you know like um, the the 97x paycheck would pass pretty easily because it was it was very tiny
2: (laughs) (laughs) just don't eat the dollar part
0: (laughs) (laughs) you can have the the stuff behind the decimal but keep the dollars intact now, Carrie, so when you, when you came there, you know, you said you worked in radio for quite a while and then worked at, uh, at um, record labels. But what were your first impressions when you came to Oxford, Ohio and that station at 5120 Collins Corner Pike?
2: Um, well, once I was able to tune the station in, the first song I heard was Harvey Danger's Flagpole Setter which ended up being the first gold record that i got um and i just thought it was a unique assembly of people it was different from you know like the radio people that i had seen before it's like everybody was they were there because they wanted to be there they were there because they had a passion they were there not because they wanted the glory, they were there because they wanted to be there and and they loved the music and 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 the freedom. I mean, you know, compared to a lot of I don't even know what the heck it's like now, but compared to a lot of um, radio stations at the time, you had freedom. I mean you could say, Hey listen, you know, I, I found this record and I think it's great and you know can i play it and either mike taylor or dorsey or i would be like well try it out you know i mean does it is it filthy or is it just good well i don't know it's kind of weird go ahead you know try it out throw it on throw it on see what see what people say and i think that that's what separated 97 X from a lot of the other alternative stations is that we had the freedom to bring in what we found from outside the world and actually play it and give it some exposure.
0: So what are your, some of, some of your fondest memories from your time at the station? I mean, nearly five years, it sounds like.
2: Yeah. Um, I loved doing, uh, Earth Day festivals and that was kind of a, a, a personal thing because I was able to bring in um, artists that I liked <laughs> and have them play. So like when we did the 20th anniversary, you know, I mean, I just, I love Dramarama and John Eastdale was willing to come in and then the first Earth Day we did, uh, I had Adrian Ballou, who's another one of favorites of mine, and then we had um, Bob Mould, who total favorite of mine, and just um, just have them come. And, and the thing is, is that they didn't come in, like, you know, giant tour buses, and they didn't come in, you know, with a, a crowd of lackeys. They just came, you know, like... Okay, Adrian Ballou said, yeah, I can drive myself up there. And, you know, can, can I get a sandwich? Well, <laughs> you're Adrian Ballou. You know whatever I can the heck you want. Yeah. And so just to have that, you know, I can remember sitting at the back of the stage um, at Riverbank and, and just... I'm just sitting there with Bob Mould, and I'm just, I, it took me a minute to just focus myself and say, I am sitting here with one of my favorite artists, who has been one of my favorites since, since I was like 13, I mean, this is amazing, and to just sit down and, and have a, a connection with him. Um, some of the other things it was just, you know, working with the people, and then when we had you know, the, the porch concerts and those were really relaxed. And it just seems like everybody was a team, you know, we all wanted to, to make it work. And although I left before it closed down, um, you know, it, um, Fakes last broadcast still broke my heart.
1: Now, when you were there, since you had some of the, the record label, you know, experience background, you know, you did the Earth Day shows. What other promotions and things did you bring to the station during that uh, five year period you were there? Because there were some unique things. I do remember Bob Mould. I remember Adrian Ballou. Uh, of course, the, the 20th anniversary show at uh, Bogarts I was at. Um, what other uh, fun things did you do in that uh, time period as far as promotions go?
2: Well, it was always fun to have a show at Bogarts because we'd always be able to do like a, a meet and greet. Mm-hmm. And the people who were involved in the meet and greet were just so thrilled just to, you know, be able to shake somebody's hand. Um, and then I worked with uh, Susan a lot. to to get some of these things going and and to to make them work and and to get them profitable. Like when we had Travis in and and, they were the the nicest guys and they agreed for one fan to put all their hands on a piece of paper and draw them out. Uh, Having some in-studio guests, I think was always fun because I think it was fun for our staff and I think it was fun for our listeners. I mean, I can remember I just practically Can I swear on this? Yes. Okay. Hell yes. <laughs> I just practically lost my shit when I got to interview Mike Ness. Yeah. And I was like just tongue-tied and um, and then Barb's outside the studio, like, <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, for five minutes, he's mine. <laughs> you can have him after. I mean, neither one of them can, have, neither one of us can have him after, but you know, <laughs> for these five minutes, it's me. And, um, I think, you know, the whole thing was just, it was a great experience. We all had so much fun and we all had so much energy and we all had so many hopes and so many dreams and it was like nothing was impossible and doug and linda never squelched anything and i don't think i've had a job like that where the sky's the limit and you go to your you know boss superior whoever and you say hey i want to do this and they're like you can pull it off go
0: mm-hmm. yeah Yeah. there's a lot to be said for that and I think all all of us look back fondly on that time Dave always calls it Baylog University and and Carrie you Mm -hmm. talked a little bit about the listeners but talk a little bit more about the connection that the listeners had with that station and with the people that were on the air there
2: the listeners were more like they thought of it as and, and Lord forgive me a religion I mean Talk about loyalty. Talk about people who are, they're still loyal to the brand.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, people are still watching your podcast. Um,
1: I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> hey, 13 <laughs> of them.
2: 13 97X fans
1: can't be wrong, Dave.
0: <laughs> I know, I know.
2: But, you know, I mean, when it, even when it moved to Texas, people just, they, they wouldn't let it go. People are still on Facebook and and they're spotting 97X stickers, you know, and, and they're posting them. And it's been, you know, how many years? And they just, it, it's, I, I think it just, it got into everybody's blood.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I think it was interesting when it went to, um, went online and then was able to reach more people that people were just, I mean, they just lashed onto it. I mean, you know, it's like, "Fuck you, Spotify! I got this." Yeah. I mean, I mean, I was a few weeks ago. I was listening to the Modern Rock Five Hundred, and I couldn't believe that somebody took the time. They took it up upon themselves to do the Modern Rock Five Hundred, and he did a pretty good job.
0: Yeah. And there, and, there's, and not just that. I mean, there's folks that have archived, you know, like the different uh, best, 97 Best does from year by year and people that blog about it, many of whom we've had on this podcast. It's great that we're still able to connect with that. Um, now, Carrie, you, you mentioned, obviously, you left in 2003. So, so what, what have, where did you go at that time and what have you been up to since then? <sighs>
2: Let's see. When I left... I went to network records. I was working at home and I realized that uh, I'm, I'm more of a people person. So when the mailman came and I ran out to greet him with open arms and he kind of got freaked out, I thought, okay, um, I need to work some next. So after that, I worked for a cable company doing marketing. And then I went to a nonprofit, Chamber of Commerce, locally. And then I went to another nonprofit that was working and dealing with um, underserved populations. And they closed down. And so right now I am unemployed.
1: Well, you know what's funny is how you described 97X was pretty much everyone we've ever talked to in this podcast is called 97 X that we've talked to, you know, Dorsey and Bob, uh, Barb and Shiv and, you know, everyone from the beginning back in JJ and bake, uh, to, to the people there at the end. And they all pretty much said the same thing. It's kind of amazing. It's a, we found a theme going here. Yeah.
2: I mean, it it was home. Mm -hmm. It was, it was a great home.
1: Good
0: times. Well, Carrie, uh, It's been great catching up with you. We appreciate you taking time to walk us through your time at 97X. We appreciate it. And thanks for your kind words about the 97X family. And obviously, you know, we're related now. We're all part of that family.
2: You know what? I think that that's, you know, you have jobs like where you meet people and then, you know, you leave and then you never see those people again and you never think about them. The thing about 97X is, is that it just like, it just still sticks. It sticks.
1: 97X. Well, the interesting thing about Green Day is that, um, so much of their music is in truth directly influenced by, in my opinion, uh, two bands, The, the Clash, Clash. Uh, correct, uh, The Clash, uh, but also by this band called the Stiff Little Fingers, I think you would really Love this band.
2: Rumblings from the Big Bush.